0: Amen. Amen. Thank you, Matt. Good morning. Right, let me just say this. You guys are tough. You came to church in the midst of, of a downgraded hurricane, but still of the, the threats of storms and rain. So you came out. That's amazing. Thank you for being here. I, I, I pray for your safety. Uh, we as a church will be praying for all of those around us who have been affected by this storm, but but thank you guys so much. Uh, Matt, Matt was talking about how you can give uh, on to to this church. Let me say this. Somebody asked me this morning, this is a fair question. It's something we'll be addressing more as we go forward. But somebody said, how do we know if church is on or off? And that's something we've never talked a lot about. But let me let me give you what's what what's gonna happen and what has happened a little bit. Is in the past we've used Fox eight. Uh, to announce if church is going to be called off. With technology, with technology, and I'm man, this is scary when I start talking about technology, and those of you that know me know how scary this is. But I suspect, and we'll get more information to you, in the future we will put it on Facebook, and we will put it on our website, and, and you guys don't know this yet and don't tell anybody, but we're going to be launching an app in a couple weeks, and it will be on the app. So you'll have multiple ways to know if church is on or off again. I will tell you this, I am really old school, really old school, and I, I'm the kind of guy that if, I'm going to probably go out and play in it, so if I'm going to go out and play in it, we're going to open the doors. But, but sometimes we can't do that, so just check those sources. There's always the old school way you can call me, and if I, if I get the call, I'll try to answer it. Now, I will tell you this, on Sunday mornings, once my wife gets here, I usually lay the phone down. It would be hard to reach me. But So in the future, that's the way you'll be able to, to know if we're going to have church or not. Now, let me, let me give you another surprise or piece of information that I forgot to tell them in the first service. You're going to want to be here next Sunday. I mean, you are absolutely going to, to be here. You want to be here all the time. But next Sunday, Matt's going to be preaching. And I know you guys love when Matt gets to preach, and I love when Matt gets to preach. So be here. And I tell you, I've gone to churches when they wouldn't tell you when someone else was going to preach. Now, Matt's pastor here, so that's a little different story. But, but man, this, this young man's got so much wisdom and so much to say. You want to be here. You want to bring friends. You want them to hear what he's got to say. It will be awesome, powerful, over the top. Forget hurricanes and tornadoes. You want to be here. So it's going to be good. So anyway, thank you for being here. We're going to have some fun. I hope, I hope everybody's been spared so far. This thing, I think we can safely say, has been a non-event so far in our area. There's been a few little power outages and some wind and some rain. I actually, Tammy and I had more damage two weeks ago when, when there was nothing. It was just a little straight line wind came through and did some damage in our house. But uh, this has been a non-event, and we're thankful. But I've, I've watched the news, and there's been lives lost, and this is horrific. And we're just going to continue to be in prayer for all of those Who have been affected? The timing of the storm of uh, Florence and and my message was kind of interesting to me, and we'll get to that in a few minutes. But uh, today, this is a simple message. This is just straight down the center, simple. I think it applies to everybody sitting in the room, whether you're a follower of Christ, whether you're somebody here today who's maybe skeptical, have uh, just curious. I don't know why you're here. Listen, but but this message, there will be a principle you can take out of this, and I think it'll it'll apply to your life, and hopefully it'll help you. Uh, if you're here today and you're not a believer, I just want to say this. Thank you for being here. Thank We are so thrilled you're here. Uh, you, you don't have to look like us. You don't have to believe what we believe. You don't even have to agree with me. We're just glad you're here. Now, we we, we stand firm on what we believe, and that's the gospel. We'll not back off of that. We'll not change. But we, we, we started this thing so people could come in and at least see and hear what this is all about, what Jesus Christ is all about and what He has to offer. So we're thrilled you're here. If you're here and, you're, and you're, you've been wrestling with this for a while, we just encourage you to keep coming back. We want to talk to you. You know, there's always been this thing in church that's like if you're a believer and you're a non-believer, we're scared of you. Well, I'm not scared of you, and you shouldn't be scared of me, because this I know, we were all made, and this is what I believe, we are all made in the image of God, and we were called to love each other. So that's what this is about. So I'm thrilled you're here today. Hang with me. I hope this message has a little something to say to you. I got a little long-winded last time. I got off track a couple times, probably going to do the same. I'll just go ahead and tell you because I get pretty passionate about this, but, but I, I think it's relevant, and this is kind of what I want to talk about. Again, this is just a simple message. Is, is One of the things in my life, and, and I think Matt would agree with this, we, we talk to a lot of people, and that's part of this. We talk to a lot of people, but what's interesting, most of the people I talk to, it, it, the conversation usually goes something like this, is, is my life seems like I'm stuck in a rut. I, I, my life is, is just stuck. I'm not going anywhere. I hear things like, I, I don't know where I'm supposed to be. I don't know what I'm supposed to do. I don't know, I, I, in my case, I don't know who God's called me to be. I hear stuff like that all the time, all the time. I mean, it's pretty, it's pretty common in my world, and, 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 and I, I think that's, that's pretty fair. I think most of us, if not all of us, have been there at some point in our life when we're just kind of stuck in this rut. And, and that's what I want to talk about a little bit today is, is what that means being stuck in this rut and, and, and how to get out of it. Here's why I think this is so relevant. Here's why I think it speaks to everybody in this room in, in some stances. I get a lot of phone calls. To date, a lot of and or a phone call, and I'll group them in one of the same, but I get a lot of people calling me, and they've, they've, they've got questions. Let me tell you the phone call I very seldom, if ever, get is you guys don't call me to tell me how good things are. You just don't do it. I don't get a phone call Say, hey, Mark, I just want to tell you, my, my life is great. God is so good. He's blessing me. And I'm not saying you don't have those moments, but you don't call me with those. I hope you have more of those than, than, you, than you lead on to. I hope that's what drives your life is that life is good and that God is, is in control and you've, you've yielded to that. But I don't get those phone calls, and that's okay. Now, I know this. My phone is going to light up, and that's okay. Call me. I'm going to let it go to voicemail. Leave me a message. I ain't taking your calls today. I'm kidding. No, I'm not kidding. I'm just gonna be honest. I'm not taking your calls today, because you're gonna do that. But if you do, that's fine. But but I don't I don't get those calls. Matt doesn't get those calls either. When we get a call, it's usually, uh, can I tell you about? And, it's, and it and usually goes down that road. Doesn't matter. My life is just stuck in this rut, and I don't know who I'm. I don't know what I'm supposed to do, and I don't know who I'm supposed to be, and I'm struggling, and I don't know where to start, and I don't have a clue how to get out of this. It's so interesting this topic for me and what we're experiencing outside with this this hurricane, which is not a hurricane anymore, I guess. But uh, it, it's interesting that the two kind of coincided because this is this is what I want to do. I want to give you something that I hope will help you get out of this out of this rut and hope it will give you some good direction. And it's interesting that this hurricane has come in. Have you noticed it changes our weather? I I make no. I, I'm not. A, Ashamed of this? Listen, I don't, I'm don't. i sorry we got a hurricane. I really am. I hope it brings in some cold air. And uh, it, that's not cold yet, but it's already changing our weather. You've seen the wind. You've seen some rain. Uh, it, it's, it's just a different weather environment. It, it, it has changed the direction of our weather. Now, I hope right behind it, I want to see frost. I know you guys don't. I want frost. I want to see ice, frost on the ground, not snow, not sleet. I want to see frost. I like cold weather, I do, our cold weather. You guys are from up north, I don't want your cold weather. I want Lexington, North Carolina, cold weather. Uh, I don't. I'm sorry, I don't want that. I won't let, but I want to see some frost. And I hope Florence brings in some cold weather. But here's what I know Florence has already done. It's already changed momentum. The momentum of the storm has changed, it's decreased, but it's, it's changed our weather patterns. It's, it's blown out some air, it's bringing in different air, and I don't know what that's going to look like, but it's changed it's changed the momentum of our weather patterns. The momentum has shifted. And that's what I want to talk to you about today. If you're stuck in this rut and you don't know who you're supposed to be and what you're supposed to do, it, to me, I'm a momentum guy, I'm a sports guy. If you've been around me a long time or any at all, you know I'm, I'm kind of a sports guy. And momentum and for my scientist buddies, don't, you don't have to come up and correct me because I don't care. I'm just going to use momentum in my vernacular today. So if it don't fit your scientific vernacular, I'm sorry. It works for me. But I'm a sports guy. And one of the things I've seen in sports is when things are going wrong or they need to change, is coaches will call a timeout. And they'll bring their teams in and, 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 and they'll make some changes. And hopefully you go back out and everything changes. And the momentum, you've heard it if you've watched basketball. The momentum has shifted. The momentum has shifted. Now, I, as I was thinking about this, and this is where scientifically I'm probably wrong, momentum is about energy and moving mass. I get that. But one of the things I've, I think makes sense in this is if, if I'm experiencing positive momentum and there's another team involved, maybe they're experiencing, experiencing negative momentum. They're just going the opposite direction. And that sometimes happens in our lives. We get stuck in these, these ruts and, and we start experiencing this negative momentum, and we, we need to fix that, we need to call time out, and we need to see it shift. A lot of things affect momentum. A good example, again, I'm a sports guy. One of the things about momentum, and this is, it just is what it is. I'm a Minnesota fan. I like the Vikings. I got one guy out here that is a Minnesota. Thank you, young man. Man, Way to go. We got two of us now. We're still a minority. I think they're playing Green Bay today. They're playing Green Bay. Can I get the security in here? Young lady right here, Out. I hope I'm wrong on this. Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers, if you're not a sports fan, this means nothing to you. But Aaron Rodgers is one of the best quarterbacks in football. He just is. He's hurt, and, and, and he may not play today. If he doesn't play, that changes the momentum of this game. Now, Minnesota's going to beat him regardless, but if, he, but if he doesn't play, it's going to be a rout. I'm kidding, Sam. I don't know what's going on. Don't, don't really, but but it, it's a momentum changer. And the same as in our lives, we have things that change our momentum. Sometimes sometimes we're the reason that, that it changes. We're responsible for, for where we're going and the directions we're going in. Sometimes out of our control, people around us change things and what's going on in our lives. Not much we can do about that sometimes. Not be around people that change it negatively, though, I guess would be things. Uh, there, there's lots of things that change the momentum in our lives. Some of them we can absolutely affect. Some of them not so much. Uh, Minnesota has no control over whether Aaron Rodgers will play today. They just don't. But, but in, in our lives, we, we go through these periods when we get stuck in these ruts, when things aren't going well, and we need, we need to call time out. This is why I think this fits everybody. Whether you're a follower of Christ or not, I think this fits you. Because it, whatever you believe and whatever you do, there's times when we can call a time out. If, if something's going wrong in your life, you need to stop and, and figure out what it is that's causing the negative effect. And let me give you a piece of advice, and this is so hard to come up with. If it's going wrong because you keep doing this over and over and over, let me tell you how to change momentum, stop it. Now, I would tell you this if things are going really well, continue it. Continue, just keep, continue, keep doing it over and over and over. But, but you, you can't just stay in the rut. You can, but that's where, that's where you'll end up, is stuck in this rut, and that doesn't, that doesn't, that's not where you want to be. So I want to I kind of help you with this. I think this will help you with, with how to change the direction of your life. And the first thing is you've got to g- grasp hold of, you've got to get control of this thing called momentum. And listen, momentum is affected by your good decisions. You make good decisions, maybe your momentum's in the right way. You make bad decisions, momentum goes the wrong way. And again, like I said, sometimes other people have an effect on on your direction and your momentum. They do things that affect you, and there's not much you can do about that. And we get caught up in the shifts. But you you have to you have to grab hold of it, and you have to take ownership of it. It, it and listen. It applies in so many aspects of your life, so many aspects of your life. Well, everything from from your from your family to your job to your to your relationships is, is is what's causing the events in your life and what can you do to change them what can you do to break the bad momentum and and push it forward to a good momentum but I'm telling you this followers of Christ followers of Christ as a follower of Christ I've got a better way but even if you don't if you're not a far of Christ, I'm telling you, if you're struggling in your life right now, maybe maybe you need to stop, call a time out, and look at what's causing the bad momentum. I'll give you a, a good example of that. I, and I hear this a lot: is is financially I'm strapped. Financially I'm strapped. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. I don't know how to change the direction. I don't know how to break the bad momentum. Let me give you a, a couple suggestions on if that's where you're at. I'm just using that as an example. If, if you're financially strapped, maybe there's, I think there's two things right off the bat you can do to change momentum. You can earn more money or you can spend less money. Now, let me tell you, I think the first option is to learn how to live on less. Because I'll tell you this, you make more money and you don't break, the, don't do the second thing, you don't learn how to live on less, guess what? At the end of the day. You've just spent more money, and you're still financially strapped. That, that won't change the momentum. It may, it may push the momentum further. Oh, it, may, it may compound it, actually, because one thing I know, the more I make, the bigger toys I buy, and the more in debt I get, and the bigger the problem's getting, and it explodes. I, I've got to learn to do both. It takes both actions. Make, maybe, maybe you need to make more money. Maybe you need to work more. Maybe you need to go to work for some of us. Um, I know you're going mark You only work an hour and a half, far be it from you to talk about anybody going to work. But, but those are the kinds of things we have to look at, is how do we, how do we, affect, how do we affect that momentum? It's same with your, your family. Maybe if you've, got, if you've got family problems, maybe you can change the momentum. Maybe you need to spend more quality time with your family. I'm, I'm guilty of that. I'm guilty of that. May, maybe it's your job. Maybe, maybe you need to better be a better employer or a better employee. But we need to make some changes. It, the, the momentum is affected by who we are and what we do. As, as a follower of Christ, and this is where I get excited, this is what gives me, as uh, a follower of Christ, and, and I think this has been a problem with the church. I, I think this has been a huge problem with the church. I think the church has lost its momentum in a lot of cases. And, and, and if the church has lost its momentum, I can tell you what, that is not on Christ. That is not on the Holy Spirit, and that is not on my Heavenly Father. If the church... You, you, listen, and you know when we talk about church, we're not talking about building. We're talking about the body, the, the ecclesia, the assembly. If the church has lost momentum, that's on us. I read the book, The Church Wins. The church wins. But if it's lost momentum, and today I would say it's lost momentum, and if anything, it's got a negative momentum, and I hear this all the time, is, well, there was nobody in our church today, and our church doesn't do anything, and, and, and the church is doing not doing this, it's not doing that that's negative momentum. That's on, that's on us, you and I. We, please hear me on this. We are the church. This building just contains us right now. It protects us from the wind and the elements. You, I, we are the church. So if we're experiencing negative momentum, my Christ is still, my God is still the Savior. That, that, that was, that, that's established. He is still the Savior. His momentum is still good. And that's what I want to share with you. If you want something to stabilize and give you, I think, a, a really positive momentum, it's a life and a relationship with Jesus Christ. That's, that's where the momentum comes from. Now, let me, let me just stop right there and go ahead and say this because I, I hear this all the time. I, let me, Christ, Christ is good, and that, is, that, that, that gives me incentive, that directs me, that pushes me, that gives me momentum. And with all of that, that I said and all that that is good, here, here's the issue sometimes we have. Is, is it doesn't mean we still won't experience bad things. It just won't. I wish it would, but listen, this goes all the way back to Genesis 3. Sin came into the world, and when sin came into the world, even good people, even Christians, even followers of Christ, experience bad times. We see negative things. We're, 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 we're subject to that. There's nothing we can do about that except, except focus on Christ, focus on the Holy Spirit, the thing that gives us the positive momentum. He, he, doesn't, he gives us abilities to get through the negative times with a positive direction. It's amazing. He doesn't exclude me from the negative. He gets me through the negative. Every time. Every time. And and you know, I've lived a pretty blessed life. I haven't seen the worst. I've lost my dad. That's about as bad as it gets in my world. And Christ, you know who got me through that? Christ. I have great hope. People people say, well, Mark, you 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 didn't mourn a lot when your dad died. I missed the heck out of my dad. My dad is in heaven with Jesus Christ. What can you mourn about that? That's positive momentum. If I don't have Christ, then my momentum's going the other way. I'm going, my dad's dead and gone. I'm going, my dad's in heaven, I get to see him again. It's amazing. It's powerful. It it gives me this amazing momentum. Paul gives us a great lesson, I think, on on what should shape us, what should ground us in, in this Positive momentum we gain through Jesus Christ. The neat thing about Paul, too, is you have to understand this, is this is a guy that had great negative momentum and then great positive momentum. And by that I say this. If you're a church person, you know some of this. If you're not a church person, you don't know the Paul's story. Paul was this guy that originally that was against the church. He was against believers. It was called the way, and he was trying to stop the way. He was dragging those who were following Christ into court to have them killed, to stop it, to do anything in all means to stop the growth in the movement that they called the way that we know today is Christianity in the church. That's what Paul was about. And he was doing it effectively. He had great momentum. But it was just the wrong direction. Now, there was something ironic happened. He had this encounter, and from this encounter, the momentum shifted to a positive momentum, but just as strong and really stronger than ever. Today we know Paul as this. Paul wrote most of your New Testament. He's the author of most of what we call the New Testament. It's amazing, and his, and his message was to push Christianity to forward. His momentum was, I'm going to drive the church forward. We're here today over 2,000 years later because of a lot of Paul's teachings. The momentum shifted. He took a negative, turned it around from an encounter to a positive, and then he gives us something that's just amazing. He writes this one book. It's called Romans. Romans is a cra- is amazing. I start to say a crazy book. It is a little crazy if you read it and you're not a follower and you don't understand. It's your first time. Your head's going to be spinning around. But as you grasp and you understand the life of Paul, it starts coming together. But Paul, it's an amazing story, and he breaks and, and Romans is broke down into three or four sections, depending on how you want to look at it. First eight chapters deal with doctrinal things, and then the next few chapters deal with something else. But then starting in chapter 12 through 14, and this is the stuff I like, it starts, it starts dealing with the duty of a follower of Christ. It starts talking about Christian conduct. It really, and this is what I love about it, I, I, I'm an old blue-collar guy. I believe in getting down and getting dirty, getting busy, getting working. I don't mind getting dirty. And those of you have been around me, you know that. I, I, listen, I'll, I'll, I'll dig in, and, and that's just who I am. It's not who you may have been called to be, and I get that, but I, I believe that. Paul, Paul, when he writes this chapter 12 through 14, talks about Christian conduct and the duties we have. It really boils down to shoe leather. As followers of Christ, we, we've got to put these feet to work. We've got to go out, and we've got to do something. And it speaks to our momentum and our direction. He calls us. He says, I need you to be active. I need you to do something. And he gives us this, I think, just powerful lesson on on how we should do it and to the extent we should do it. And I encourage you to just listen to this. If you have your Bible or your your personal device and you want to follow me, this is Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. We're not going to read a lot of it. Just, Just listen to this. Therefore, I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices. Man, it just got tense in here. You want me to offer my body as a living sacrifice? There's a key word there, living Living, hang on to that word, living. Holy and pleasing to God, this is your spiritual act of worship. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, His good, pleasing, and perfect will. You want to change your momentum. Paul just nails it right there. Paul nails it. He says you need to offer your body as a living sacrifice. To God. See, we we unless it gets real tense in here. You want me to offer my body as a living sacrifice? Again, I come back to the word living. That's key. He's not asking you to be nailed to the cross. He said, I want you to offer your body as a living sacrifice. That implies that you're breathing. And if you're breathing, you need to offer your body as a sacrifice. And what does that mean? It means you need to do something. It goes back to this is about duty, Christian conduct, shoe leather. You need to do something. We've made a living. The church has made a living. A lot of religious people have made a living on what we don't do well, I don't do this and I don't do that. I believe the Ten Commandments. I don't do any of this. I, I don't do this and I don't do that. And I don't, I, then what the heck do you do? do you do? Do you do the other part? If you don't do all that, do you do the other part? Because he said offer your body as a living sacrifice, and if you do that, you've got to be doing something. Listen, we, 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 make a, we, can't, we can't keep selling this, I don't, I don't, I don't. we got to sell I do, I do, I do. That's what Christ came for. That's what Paul's saying. He said, listen, there's more to it than this. He said, and I love you." And, and this is in the translation. It says, because living sacrifice, you really want me a living sacrifice? The translation is that's what's reasonable, to offer our body as a sacrifice to God. That's what's reasonable. That's how this translates. That's reasonable. That's not superstar status. That's what's expected. That's the reasonable part. As a follower of Christ, that I'll offer my body as a living sacrifice. I give my life to God. came from Him. Today, I give it back to Him. You want to talk about momentum shifting. You want to talk about being on the right path. When we're willing to do that, we, we go forward. I, I love this. He says, this is your spiritual act of worship. We, we've, we've gotten caught up in this, and please don't misunderstand me. Here's where somebody's going to get upset with me. I love it when we come together in the local church. It's what we're supposed to do. I love that. Hey, This is game day to me. I, I look forward to it when we come together. I look forward to it when our praise team, and they're awesome. These guys, every week, they bring it. Their music is amazing. We, we stand up, we, we lift our hands, and, and we call that worship. And that, that to me, is, a, is symbolic and symptomatic of worship. That's the things we should do. Paul says worship is to offer your body as a living sacrifice. There's more to it than just that, because here's what I know I've seen. We'll come in here on Sunday morning. We'll get excited. We'll pat our buddies on the back. We'll park your cars. We'll tell you how great it is to see you. We'll, we'll sit here and get excited about the music. And then we go out on Monday, and we live our life like that. You can fill it in. You can fill it in. There's more to it. He says, L- offer your body as a living sacrifice. Listen, if that's all there is to it, and I think that's, this is where the church has kind of lost some momentum, if all it is is to come in on Sunday mornings and get excited, let me tell you something. I never was a big concert guy. I went to concerts when I was a kid. We did the same thing. We stood up. We got happy. Back then, some of you are old as I am. You remember, you got your cigarette lighter out. Yeah, who? Come on. Today, it's a cell phone, I guess. You shine your cell phone. Well, back then, it was a cigarette lighter, and all the buildings burned down. That's why you don't do that anymore. No, 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 na You know it. Listen, if that's all they're into it, it's pretty easy to buy into that. You want to know why the church dies? Because if that's where you stop, then that's where the church stopped. It, it, it's, it's bigger than that. It's offering your body as a living sacrifice. And this is what I love about it. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is. I always hear people say, well, I don't know what God wants me to do. Offer your body as a living sacrifice. Then you can test these things, bounce it off and see if that's what He wants you to do. That's what He says. And then, and this is what I love, and this is why I'm afraid when we stop at, at this and patting each other on the back and coming in on Sunday mornings, I think we miss this. This is so powerful. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good, pleasing, and perfect will. So if you stop, I think you're missing His good, pleasing, and perfect will. It gets bigger than that. It gets so much bigger now. I think this is where it becomes kind of, kind of powerful to me. Actually, I know, it, I know it does. This is just crazy to me. It, he's called us to offer our life as a living sacrifice. A living sacrifice. And that's, just, that's reasonable. That's what we should do. We should, we should yield ourselves back to Him. You know who gave you life? God. Now He says, I just want you to give it back to me. As a living sacrifice. I'm not, I don't think He's calling you to be nailed to the cross. I think He's calling you to breathe and give back the very things that He's entrusted you with. The gifts He's given each and every one of so us. That's what I want to share with you to close this thing out. This is so powerful. And this is why I think the church looks like we're retreating because we've just failed to do this. We, we don't offer our bodies as living sacrifices. We get pretty happy with giving Him about an hour, hour and a half a week. And we think, wow, that's pretty good. I, I, I've got a shirt that says that on there. Man, that's flunking. That's less than 1% of your time this week if church is all you give Him, that you'd come together in His body. And I'm excited you're here. And listen, somebody, maybe there's somebody here you're growing. That's awesome. Then you need to continue to do that. Maybe you're not ready to share and give back. Maybe you're not to the point of offering your body as a living sacrifice. I think the moment you, you, you develop this relationship with Christ, you should be willing to give your body back as a living sacrifice. Again, living being the key here. Breathing, And if I'm breathing, that tells me I should be moving and I should be serving. Because if you're not moving in my world, I think you're going backwards. You're in a rut, and you're not only in a rut, but you're going the wrong way. Your momentum is going the wrong direction. There, there's, a guy, there's a guy that had something else to say about this, and I think this is pretty, pretty important. His name was Peter. Peter, Peter's, if you don't know Peter, Peter, Peter hung out with Jesus. Peter, Peter's an interesting guy. And here's why this is so relevant. When Peter talks about how I think we can offer our bodies as living sacrifices, here's why this is so interesting to Peter. And and for those of you who don't know who Peter is, Peter hung out with Jesus. I mean, he knew Jesus. And and at one point he was in. He was all in. Uh, Father, I'll never never betray you. I am all in. So Peter's in. Then Peter's out. Then Peter's betraying Jesus. Not once, not twice, but three times. He's out. And then he's back in. So he's in, he's out, he don't know where he's at, and then he's in, and he never knows when to shut up. So here's this guy that's really messed up, but when he gets it, when he finally gets it, and he's all in, and he's willing to offer his body as a living sacrifice, he gives us something that's pretty amazing. And I think it's, I think it's powerful for you and I, and I think it speaks to the local church. I think it speaks to the fact that the only reason the church's momentum is in the wrong direction falls back on you and I. Sorry, it falls by, and this is going to get tense. Some of you don't like me because I said standing up and, and listening to music is not worship. It is worship. It's symptomatic. Of, it's a symptom of worship, but Paul says you've got to offer your body. And then Peter says, wait a minute, there's more to it than just that because if that's all it is, everybody would buy into it. If all I've got to do is come to church and stand up and get happy and look good, then I, then I can do that. I mean, listen, I can't do that. Here's why I struggle with that a little bit. I have zero rhythm. If people look at me and say, "Well, Martin never stands up, and you never clap his hand," that's about all I got, right there, guys. I mean, I don't care what the beat is. That's all I got. I got no rhythm. My wife will tell you, can't dance, got zero. So I, I don't. But that doesn't mean I don't worship. It doesn't mean I don't love. I don't. I love Christ. I do. I really do. I, and I, I believe. Listen, if anybody can talk about this with passion of, of giving your body as a living sacrifice, hey, for forty years, I completely rebelled. I knew in college. I knew before college, really, but I knew in college what I was supposed to do. I absolutely wasn't going to do it. I was not going into ministry. Not Maybe not if. I just wasn't going to do it. I I wasn't going to do it. I was going to rebel. And then then things started making sense to me. Hey, and I had a good career. I was on a good track. Never been more miserable in all my life. My wife will vouch for that. I was making her miserable. Still do sometimes, but then I made her miserable a lot. But I, I was just rebelling. the I I, momentum was, was going the wrong direction. To the people, the world around me, it looked like it was probably okay. We were doing fine, but man, it was miserable. And then, and then I found this, this track, and I thought, okay, I'm supposed to offer my body as a living sacrifice. That means it's no longer mine, it's his. And let me tell you a secret. It was his to begin with. And listen, I'm not talking about just me now. You're sitting there grinning going, yeah, you learned a lesson. Hang on to your seats and not be obedient. I'm talking to everybody in here some of you are getting it right I get that but I listen you, you can sit there and grin he showed you yeah he'll show you too I promise you but this is, this is what Peter had to say and I think this is huge and we need to grab hold of this this is what Peter said and this is in 1 Peter chapter 4 verse uh, 10 and 11 you better, you better sit tight on this I'm going to tell you this is going to cause a little tension each one of you each one each one did you get that? Each one of you, is anybody excluded in each one? Raise your hand if you think you're excluded. Please don't. Each one of you, so we got that clarified. Each one should use whatever gift he has received to serve others. Let me read it again. Each one should use whatever gift he has received to serve others. Let me stop you there to use whatever gift he has received. It doesn't say if you received a gift, you have received a gift and you need to use it to serve others change the momentum faithfully administering God's grace in its various forms if anyone speaks he should do it as one speaking the very words of God if anyone serves he should do it with the strength God provides so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ to him be the glory and the power forever and ever amen kind of crazy That gift that you've been given, Peter says God wants it back. And he wants it in this form. He wants you to offer your body as a living sacrifice. That you'll take that gift that you've been given and you'll put it to use. That you'll go out and you'll serve others. You'll do it with grace and love and mercy. And man, I've watched, man. This this place has been so blessed. We've got people that that stand up and do that all the time. I've made a new friend over the last couple of weeks. This man is the model of giving back. And so many of you guys are. I've seen it. You've you, you just give, you give your, you, you, you've, you've, you've given back your body as a living sacrifice you're going to do, and you're going to act as God has called you. And that's amazing. That's when this thing works so, so well. Some of you are sitting there, and your hands, your knuckles are starting to hurt because you won't let go of your chair. You, you are not going to let go of that chair. You are not going to do it. Listen, I've been there. I, 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 no, God, I am not doing this. I, you know, I, I said, do you hear me? And can you imagine what power that had with him? He said, I made you. But, but we, we we grab hold. You're doing it to your detriment. That's the sad part. And I'll tell you something else. i say this. This is, speaks to significance. People say, well, I just want to feel significant. Then use your gift. Then use your gift because when you, when you use your gift, you're significant. And here's the amazing thing. You're significant to someone who needs it. Yeah, yeah. I Listen, Christ is significant because I had to have him. That's what's so powerful about this. Peter says, listen, each of you, each one should use whatever gift he's received to serve others, faithfully administering God's grace in its various forms. I mean, a couple of weeks ago I said this, and I still believe it. One of the things I think we're called and we should do is if you'll look, if you to know how to use your gift, I don't know what your gifts are. Please understand that. And I know this, we've got some amazing people. We've got, we've got men and women that come up here during the week. They serve, they do maintenance, they build things. Our kids' programs are over the top. You need to go back and see some of the stuff these guys are building. It's crazy when I say guys, men, and women. It's crazy, over the top. We've got people that take care of this facility. We've got people that go pick up food. It's amazing. I don't know what your gifts are, but I know you've been given one. But, but I do believe this. We're called to, I think if we'll look where God's moving, If you'll look where God's moving, and whether that's in your individual life or whether it's in the life of Journey Church, look where God's active. Look where He's moving, and just join Him there. Bring your gift and join Him there. I I say this, and I have no shame. Somebody's going to say, well, this message is about. No, this message is about you you need to get up and use your gifts. But I'll be real specific about this. Because a couple weeks ago, I saw God move in this church. I think it changed our momentum, and not just in the short term. I think it's changed our momentum for the long term. Matt and I have just been giddy. We're like little kids at Christmas time Because we saw something, and we're still experiencing it. It was amazing. We had this thing called Vacation Bible School. Blew us away. Blew us away. I see people nodding their heads. Kids came in. Kids came in that wanted to go to Vacation Bible School. Can I be real honest with you? When I was that age, not only did I not want to go to vacation Bible school, I didn't want to get up and go to church on Sunday mornings. I didn't. I was scared to death, quite honestly. All I knew is I was going to die and go to hell. Nobody loved me, and I wasn't good enough. Today, my experience is this. Jesus loves me. He died for me, and I can come to church and have a great time. In the name of Jesus. Amazing. I, wa- I told my wife, we were sitting there last night talking about this. I asked her a question. She can't answer my questions because they're so stupid most of the time. But I said, Tammy, tell, tell, me, tell me what you noticed about Bible school. What did you hear time and time again? And she looked at me and she said, I have no clue where you're going. Just tell me. This was amazing to me. These kids are pouring into Bible school. And at the end, you know what I heard them say? Does it have to end? God is working there, guys. He's working in these kids. Let's join Him there. Let's just change, let's don't be scared, let's change a generation. I'm sitting here looking at you guys, some of you are my age, most of you are not quite that old. But but listen, we can change a generation. These little kids came in and they wanted more. They wanted more. And at the end of the day, they wanted more. Let's join Him there. Take your gifts, and listen, some of you have got a gift of serving kids. We need your help. And it's significant. It's significant because then you can understand God's good and pleasing blessings and the kids get the benefit of what you were called to do and how to serve. Turn loose of your chairs. You want to know why your hands hurt? Because you won't let go. Turn loose. Somebody's going, but Mark, 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 I'm not called to to serve kids. Okay, guess what? Come talk to me. You've been given a gift and it'll fit in here. I will be so, I'll be straight up with you on this one though. If you've got a gift that we can't use, and this, so this isn't the place. We'll help you find the church, and I don't want to see any of you leave. I'm selfish, man. I love you guys. But if you've got a gift we can't use, let us help your partner and find one. Uh, there's a lot of good churches in Davidson County that need, listen, they need as much help as we do. One of the things I've learned in my years of experience, and, and, and when people come up and, and start, listen, we're, every church, every church needs help. They need volunteer help. They just do. And you, you know why it goes back to, I said, the, the, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Man, you, the workers won't let go of the chair. It's safe sitting there, isn't it? Yeah, that's, that's, I'm telling you, that's safe. Man, I can sit here, it's good. I can, I can stand up when the music comes on, that's good. And, then, and it's safe. And then I, I can sit back down and I can listen to the message. And I can say, Mark, man, that was really good. I'm glad you were talking about my neighbor. I can talk, I'm so glad you talked about it. He needs to get up and do something. She needs to do something. No, listen. As a child of God, you've been given a gift. You need to let go of the chair. Oh, Caleb, I'm sorry. You need to let go of the chair, and you need to get up, and you need to use it. You need to use it, man. I, I, listen, I think this is specific. I, I really do. I think we we I think VBS changed the momentum of Journey Church. I won't say it changed our direction because we've always been focused on on reaching people that don't have Christ. And these kids come to us, and, and a lot of them grew up in Christian homes. A lot of them we don't know where they come from, but we know we can change a generation. When we reach these kids, I've noticed something about the way people, this works, is kids grow up to have what? Kids. And if, they're, if they were brought up in, in, in a, loving, uh, a loving church, a serving church, please and please hear me on this, guys. We've got to get this through our heads. This is a building. You, you, it's bad misinterpretation. Church, not a building. You, the assembly is what we're talking about. We've got to turn loose of the chairs. We've got to go out. We've got to get passionate. We need help. We need help in our kids' area desperately. We, we're going to have classrooms full. And, and I can't imagine. I'm going to have to stand in front of my Heavenly Father and say, God, I, just didn't, I don't know how to teach it, but I can't get the volunteers. I, I'm going to have to stand in front of him and take that. And you know what? I, I, I read this thing. He says, you know what? If, you, if you'll just tell them the burden's off you, it's on them. So I guess today, I'm sorry I'm casting the burden on you a little bit. Somebody here, I'll guarantee you there's somebody here today that's been wrestling with it. I I appreciate where you're at. I wrestled with going into ministry for the better part of 40 years. I know what it's like, but let me tell you, when I let go of that chair, oh my gosh, this is the most freeing thing I've ever done. I just let go of the chair. I had no clue. None whatsoever. I mean, I'm going back to college. I'm going back to seminary. I mean, I thought it was amazing. I got through undergrad. Now I'm going to go back. I'm going to get a, what, a master's degree? God, you got the wrong guy. He said, let go of the chair. Just let go of the chair. Use the gifts I've given you. Use the g- I'm telling you today, I'm challenging you. You don't know what you're missing. I think you're missing His, his good and pleasing, His will, what He has in store for you. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, His good, pleasing, and perfect will. If your life is stuck in a rut, maybe you need to let go of the chair. Turn it loose. God, this gets me excited. I think there's an army out there waiting to be turned loose to change a generation. I'm sick of hearing we can't do it. I serve the King of Kings. I can't do what? Please tell me. In the name of Jesus. Turn loose. All right, I'll shut up. Uh, this is too much fun. There's a hurricane blow coming through. You guys need to go home. But I'm telling you, yeah, you don't know how passionate I am about it. You don't know how passionate Matt Leonard is. I don't know what he's going to teach you on next week, but you need to be here. I- I'm telling you, you need to be here. Every time the young man opens his mouth, I sit there and go, wow. You need to be here. You need to turn loose of your chair. I'm telling you, I got a good friend sitting up here. and I'm like, he-, he turned loose of the chair a long time ago. I mean, I I watched him. I just got to know this guy, and I've never seen anything but a smile on his face. Thank you, Gene. I'm not going to call you out. Amazing. Amazing. You guys are, a lot of you guys are the same way. I just met him. Some of you, you know, familiarity leads to blindness. You do it, and you do it, and you do it, and I've gotten familiar with it. I'm sorry. Thank you, too. Those of you who have turned loose the chairs, thank you. You're making this place awesome. And when I say this place, we're doing it to the glory of God. It's just amazing. So if you're here today, If you're here today and you're a follower of Christ and and your life is in a rut, let go of the chair. Let go of the chair. Somebody came up to me that came to the first message and said, Mark, you you did a similar message about a year and a half, two years ago. I let go of the chair and everything's been changed since. Wow. Let go of the chair. If you're here today and you don't have Christ, you need to let go of the chair too. You you need to experience a relationship with Jesus Christ. And and (laughs) Wow, you're talking about a game changer. It's crazy when you when you develop this and, and you develop this relationship with Jesus. When, when you develop a relationship with him, then you can surrender. You can become this living sacrifice. And he can use you, and he can use you to do things you can't even comprehend. You can't fathom what he can do when you let go and let him have it. But if you're here today and you don't have that relationship, you need to start right there. And maybe you're not ready. I get that. And I'm not going to try to scare you. You, may not, you don't know how much time you've gotten. You're guaranteed. No, I don't know how much time you're guaranteed either. But I, if you're not ready, you're not ready. But I would tell you, if, if, if it's something that you're starting to wrestle with, come back. Man, it's what, we, it's what we open these doors for. It's why we're reluctant to cancel church. Because we never know who's going to walk in. And we want you to experience the love and the grace and the mercy of Jesus Christ. If you're there, if you're there, I think, I think this, and you've heard me say this, and you'll hear me say it till I die. There's some key components to this, because I'm talking about an authentic relationship with Jesus Christ. And that's, that's got a foundation to it, and the foundation is, is this. You have to believe He is who He says He is. He's the Son of God. He's the Son of God. He was born of a virgin birth, Son of God. Otherwise, He's a man. He was falsely accused and convicted and crucified dead. But on the third day he rose from the grave. Isn't that amazing? When you can accept that, when you can believe that, then I think you're ready for a relationship with Jesus Christ. And I think it's just calling on his name. I think it goes back to this surrender. It's calling his name. Father, today I, I, I come to you as a sinner, as a broken person. I'm not, I'm not an exception. I am the norm. Everybody, everybody is a broken person, Father. Today I come to you and I surrender. I yield my life to you. I accept you as my Lord and Savior. You've done the work. I can't do the work. This isn't about work, salvation. I can't do enough. Your son did the work on the cross. Today I surrender and I yield to him. I accept you as and him as my Lord and my Savior. I give you my life. Welcome to the kingdom. Now, you can still be stuck in a rut. Let go of the chair. Let go of the chair. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this amazing day. Thank you for the protection you've given us. We got through two surfaces. I don't think the lights have even flickered. Thank you. Thank you. Be with those around us who haven't been so fortunate, Father. We just ask for their protection. There's people who've lost loved ones in these storms, and we 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 ask we ask you just wrap your loving arms around them, let the church go out and minister to them, Father. Let us let go of the chair, and do what you've called us to do. But thank you for the protection. Thank you for for what you've done and what you will continue to do. Just be with us, Father. Be be with this body. Give us strength. Give us give us give us the workers, Father. I know they're here. You have blessed us in so many ways. I know they're here. And here's what's so exciting. When they let go of the chairs, they're going to experience blessings beyond their wildest dreams. They're going to see people's lives change and, and changing theirs in, in, in the same sweep, Father. It's amazing how your, your your sovereignty works, how you take control, and everything comes together. So, Father, we give you all the thanks. But I know they're here, Father. I just pray that, that the grip loosened. If, just, if maybe it just loosened a little bit today. Maybe next week a little more, and maybe finally they let go so they can experience your good and pleasing and perfect will, Father. Be with us. Thank you. We love you. We love serving you. We want to glorify you in all that we do. For it's these things we pray. Amen.